back on the air on a Thursday. Welcome into the show. I'm John Rawl, 803-816-1170. That's how you can let your fingers do the walking and call us or text us any old time as we are a show all about the South. If you've been one of our loyal listeners, thank you very much for being with us today. And if you're just now finding the Y'all Show, this is a show all about the South. We promote the South. We talk about the highs, the lows, and everything in between. We cover news, sports, opinion, politics. We've got cooking. We've got authors of books, which we'll have today on the Y'all Show. An hour two, Kevin Powers, best-selling author. His first novel turned into a movie with Jennifer Aniston, and he'll be on in hour two in our Buy the Book feature. You don't want to miss it. Kevin Powers coming up. A good Virginian now living in Austin, Texas. And we'll tell you all about his new book, which is a Civil War-themed novel. Check it out. It's by the book coming up in hour two. We've got SEC News as Media Days is happening next week in Atlanta for the first time. We've got a report on that. And here in hour one, we're going to be visiting with Bill Griffin. He's with the Keeneland Contours. That is a classic car show on steroids. And it's happening next weekend in Lexington, Kentucky at Keeneland Racetrack. And Mr. Bill will be on in just a little bit to tell us all about the Keeneland Contours. Should be a lot of fun. Make plans to get to Lexington and go to the Bluegrass next week. Now on the Y'all Show, we'll get to the headlines across the southeast. And the big international story playing out isn't President Trump going overseas for NATO meetings and meeting the Queen and meeting the Russian president here in a few days. It's really been what happened in Thailand with the kids on the soccer team escaping. And wouldn't you know it, after diving deep into the story, yes, there is a Southern connection. As Air Force Major Charles Hodges was one of two American servicemen who helped rescue the 12 teenagers and their soccer coach from a flooded cave in Thailand. Major Hodges is a native of Winsboro, South Carolina. Yee-hoo! And he is a graduate of the Citadel, the Military College of South Carolina in Charleston, the greatest college in the world, by the way. And the Major was very helpful in getting these kids out, and we're just so proud of him. He's commander of the U.S. Air Force's 320th Special Tactics Squadron in Okinawa, Japan. Again, a native of Winsboro, South Carolina, Fairfield County, and he was right there helping out in the cave in Thailand, helping these kids escape. And what a blessing that is. Thank you, Major. We salute you. Hey, if you have seen the news in Haiti in the last couple of days, the country on the island of Dominica and the Caribbean, they have been having some violent protests over fuel prices and flights have been canceled to Haiti, and roads are unsafe. And there are a lot of American and, and specifically Southern church groups that go to Haiti this time of year, and groups are coming, go down there from all over. But we know that South Carolina, Florida, Georgia, Alabama are amongst the states that have had church groups down there, and they've all been kind of in flux with all the unrest and plus this storm that has come through down there in the last couple of days. So say an extra prayer as these folks have gone down there. I, I assume most are Christian groups and they went down there to help out and perhaps worship with the native Haitians. And there have been, there's been unrest. It's not a, an easy place to be right now in Haiti. So we, we say an extra prayer, a prayer of thanks for what happened in Thailand and an extra prayer of concern for what's going on in Haiti with all of our Southerners who've gone down there 
this summer and go down there really year-round to, to help out a country that needs all the help it can get. Well, don't you like when states help other states out? Well, that's exactly what Kentucky has done to Texas, as Kentucky limestone has been sent to the Lone Star State to help form some, some reefs off the coast of Texas, I guess to help out with oysters, but just in general, the Texas coastline has been battered by hurricanes and such, and so limestone now being used as an oyster reef off of Galveston, Texas. A 21-acre oyster reef is on a private lease in the Texas Bay there off Texas, off the Galveston coast. Hurricane Ike in 2008 battered the area's oyster reefs, and now Kentucky limestone coming to aid Texas. Ooh, I would love some good oysters. Is this a month that's got an R in it? No, it's July. August. Uh, I guess we have to wait till September to get good oysters, and I, I wouldn't get them then. I'd wait till we get into more months that have ours, somewhere around December, January. Oysters always seem to be best in the middle of the winter, when you have what we call in South Carolina an oyster roast, and boy, that's a lot of fun and delicious. And I don't even normally like oysters, but if you have them with an oyster roast and you have a good cocktail to go with it, it is classic Southern. We'll have to have a official y'all show oyster roast when it gets cold okay let's do that that ought to be a lot of fun attorneys for three university of texas professors have asked a federal appeals court to revive their challenge of a law allowing people with concealed handgun licenses to carry weapons on public university campuses these professors have filed this in front of the u.s fifth circuit court of appeals in new orleans and last year a federal judge in texas dismissed the suit saying that the, there's no concrete evidence to substantiate concerns that having armed students in their classroom would have a chilling effect on the free exchange of ideas. So the uh, amendment coming under, under a court watch in Texas with these professors. Most colleges now, if not all of them, essentially have a no guns policy, no firearms on their campuses. So that there is going on. Papa John's Pizza. It was founded in Indiana, but for the most part, they're based in Louisville, Kentucky. And their founder, John Schnatter, the guy that you've seen on commercials through the years all the time, Papa John himself, well, he's apologizing after reportedly using the N-word in a meeting last year. And it was uh, something that's caused the company a lot of grief. And he said he was trying to say something to contextualize how the word was being used. And he said it's inappropriate and hurtful and he apologizes. John Schnatter stepped down as CEO of Papa John's last year after blaming slowing sales growth on the outcry surrounding football players kneeling during the national an anthem. He is the chairman of Papa John's, and boy, they were all over NFL commercials in the past. So John Schneider there with Papa John's. Not to be confused with John Schneider of the Duke Boys fame and country music singer too. John Schneider, Papa John himself in the news for not the best of news. All right, in Louisiana, I just had a meeting this week with an accountant, and not long ago, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that states can now charge a tax on online sales. Before that, no tax, but it's gonna happen if it's not already happening in your state. I tell you, every state's gonna jump on board and try to get a little money off of online sales. Louisiana plans to change consumers to charge consumers with an online sales tax for all direct website purchased by vendors in other states starting January 1st of this coming year. Not sure of the percentage they're going to charge, but it, it's amazing 
the percentage range is different in every state that currently has a tax. And if you are a, a retailer, there's a, a number amount going along with how much the tax starts with. So if you're listening to us and you are going to be affected by online sales, you might want to look it up because it could be an expensive future for you. But hey, government's got to make money, right? In Alabama, speaking of online stuff, Walmart, Alabama and other states now have some critical information thanks to Walmart. Walmart has done a lot of number crunching and they can now tell the top selling items customers order using free two-day shipping. And I'm, I'm going to kind of go through here and share some of the southern states. Walmart customer from Virginia, their two-day ordering favorite, honey cornbread and muffin mix. Texas, Ozark trail coolers and tumblers. That would be a rather expensive thing to probably have to ship. Tennessee, Starburst candy is what you like to get on two-day free mail. South Carolina, I have no idea. Hand warmers is the result of the survey coming from Walmart. Uh, some of the Yankee states, Pennsylvania, they like to order paper shredders. I guess they're trying to hide some things there in Pennsylvania. But other states, mostly in the South, all surround something to do with sweets and sugar. I think in Alabama, it was cake mix is what they like to order on free two-day shipping. And it's Walmart, they, they, they know Mississippi Campbell's asparagus soup. That is, sounds awful. That's what Mississippians like. Louisiana, aloe and cucumber bar soap. And uh, just, it's all over the place. But Walmart, I guess they've got more money than they know what to do with, and they put it into some key research. Hey, have you ever been on the Natchez Trace? It, it stems from Nashville all the way to Natchez, Mississippi. It goes through the states of Tennessee, Alabama, Mississippi. Well, now the National Park Service, which runs the Natchez Trace, they're going to have more and more rangers on the trace in unmarked vehicles. So be careful. If you use the trace to go throughout those three states, make sure you are following the speed limit because they're going to have more unmarked vehicles on the trace. It's a, it's a fun, beautiful spot to travel on if you've never done it. I encourage you to check out the Natchez Trace, especially in the summertime. It could be a lot of fun. Hey, Tampa Bay Rays baseball news here. They have proposed in Tampa a $900 million stadium in the Ybor City section of Tampa. And this would be for a domed stadium, but it will not be an open roof stadium. They're going to call it a translucent roof on the stadium. And this will, if, if, if it were to become reality, it would be a 30,842-seat stadium, which would be the smallest in Major League Baseball. The Rays fighting hard to stay in Tampa. I don't know if they could pull it off. I like the Rays. They're, they're probably my favorite American League team. But my goodness, they just don't have the fan support. I'm not sure they wouldn't be better off totally away from, from Florida, frankly. Uh, they may be better off in Charlotte. Or <laughs> I've always thought Atlanta could use an American League team you got an American and a National League team in a place like Atlanta because it really represents the entire South. The South would have its own American League team if the Rays, I'm talking about the Deep South states, if the Rays were ever to move. I'd say call them the Dixie Rays. So they could still be called the D-Rays like they used to be called, but it would be for Dixie and not necessarily Atlanta or even Georgia. That's my crazy notion. And hey, on a lighter note, congratulations to Oklahoma 
Oklahoma Governor Mary Fallon this week proclaimed a week-long observance honoring the 60th anniversary of the soundtrack Oklahoma, Oklahoma, reaching gold status back in 1958. It was the first album the Recording Industry Association of America certified for shipping 500,000 copies, making it a gold album. Actually, the first gold single, not album, but single, was Perry Como's Catch a Falling Star. But the, the album for Oklahoma, the soundtrack, selling a half million copies 60 years ago this week, and they're celebrating it in the Sooner State. Some of the songs from the soundtrack, besides Oklahoma, which I did a terrible job of just singing, Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. <laughs> Two great ones from the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical. Go out, find you a copy. Help make that thing sell even more. Well, coming up on the Y'all Show, we're going to have our Festive South feature where we take a look at some of the great festivals coming up this weekend, next weekend. And one of them is the Slug Burger Festival in Corinth, Mississippi. What the heck's a Slug Burger? Hang on, we'll tell you all about it on the other side of this break. Plus, coming up soon, we'll tell you about the Keeneland Contours going on next weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. This is the Y'all Show with General John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half-submerged on the ocean floor, with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today, pronounced regionally as chowder, chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome back to y'all that like a Kentucky racehorse for racing through. We're plowing ahead on this Thursday edition of y'all. And speaking of the bluegrass, hey, Kingland Racetracks, Bill Griffin. He's with the Kingland Contours Classic Car Show going on next weekend at Kingland in Lexington. He'll be on in the next segment to tell you about his incredible weekend. He's got planned for all of you to go to Lexington, Kentucky and check out cars, golf, bourbon, so much coming up. And also want to remind you in hour two, our special guest, best-selling author Kevin Powers. He's going to be on to talk about his best-selling book that came out a few years ago, turned into a Jennifer Aniston movie, plus his new Civil War-flavored novel that's out, too. He's got a book of poems. Bright guy, Kevin Powers from Virginia. He'll be on in hour two in our Buy the Book feature. Can't wait. This is our Festive South feature. We do this each and every week here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. 
this is where we give you a little hint of some upcoming events going on that you might want to check out. Now, make your plans quick because in Greenwood, South Carolina, this weekend, they've got the South Carolina Festival of Discovery going on. We told you a little bit about it last week on the Y'all Show, but they're going to have a Kansas City Barbecue Society barbecue and hash cook-off as a part of this event in Greenwood this coming weekend. Also this weekend in the borough, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, the Uncle Dave Making Days Festival. And this is a big-time event with lots of music, music of all kinds, right in Murfreesboro at historic Cannonsburg Village. Awesome event. UncleDaveMakingDays.com is where you need to go for more information. In East Tennessee, in Kingsport, they've got the Kingsport Fun Fest going on right now. Go check out all kinds of hot air balloons and fireworks. Should be a lot of fun on the banks of the Holston River in Kingsport. In Pensacola this weekend, the Blue Angels Air Show. I love the Blue Angels. Of course, Pensacola is where all the naval aviators go to learn how to fly planes. And they've got the air show there in Pensacola this weekend. Navy planes and beautiful white sandy beaches in Pensacola, Florida this weekend. That is a great combination. Lake Charles, Louisiana has got the Lake Charles Symphony Summer Pops going on on July 14th, so make sure you go there. This year, enjoy the music of James Bond, performed by Jeans and Classics. What a good combination. I love James Bond music, and I can go hear it for my symphony if I go to Lake Charles this weekend. Get me some Cajun food and some James Bond. Sounds like a lot of fun. Cashiers, North Carolina, in the western North Carolina mountains. The Cashiers Plain Air Festival, July 17th through the 21st. All kinds of painters from throughout the country descend on cashiers for this festival, a biennial event held to raise funds to enhance the Village Green, a big park there in cashiers. Should be beautiful there and probably a little cooler if you can get to cashiers for the Plain Air Festival July 17th through the 21st. Next weekend, uh, also want to let you know in addition to what's going to go on in Lexington, Kentucky at the Keeneland Racetrack, of which we'll be talking about in detail in the next segment. In Clarksville, Virginia, the Virginia Lake Festival. This is one of the Southeast Tourism Society's top 20 events, and that's going to be going on in Southern Virginia next weekend. Clarksville, Virginia, Virginia Lake Festival. All kinds of excitement planned there in that part of the Commonwealth of Virginia. So make all your plans, get out there, and enjoy Lots of fun on uh, this this summertime. It's fast. Their kids will be in school before you know it. Now, also, this is a festival I cannot pass up. Corinth, Mississippi, Alcorn County, on the border with Tennessee and Alabama, basically, is where Corinth is. They've got the Slug Burger Festival going on right now. It goes on through Sunday, I think, the 15th, the 14th. And... What is a slug burger, you ask? <laughs> well, it evolved in the Great Depression when people didn't have a lot of money. And Corinth is a railroad town. Was then, still is. And a slug burger is a deep-fried patty, but it's got a lot of stuff added to it. Soy and wheat. So it's not just meat. It's got a lot of extra stuff in it. And in the Great Depression, it sold for a nickel, which is nicknamed a slug. So a slug burger comes from five cents, and it's a big deal in Corinth. They have many places in Corinth that sell slug burgers year-round. I've been to Corinth, and remember, it's Corinth, not Corinth. <laughs> Got to sound like a true North Mississippian. Corinth is a, a great little spot, 
not far from Shiloh National Military Park, home of the Battle of Shiloh. Corinth was a Civil War battle. They've got a great National Park Service spot in Corinth that you can go and visit. It's, it's just a really neat experience. If you live anywhere within a couple hundred miles, Corinth's a good little place to go have a weekend sometime. But this weekend, it's ground zero for slug burgers. Get you a slug burger and follow my advice. One of the best deals going in, in the world that I've ever been a part of, one of the most incredible gifts that I've ever received was in downtown Corinth, Mississippi, where they have Dilworth tamales. And I don't want to put them out of business, but I went there. Tamales are a big deal in Mississippi, especially in the Mississippi Delta. They are a true Southern original. They don't do them like they do in Mexico. They kind of have a blend of Southern with Mexico. And, and unless you have one, it's kind of hard to explain. But at Dilworth's Tamales in Corinth, which is one of two places that sell tamales in Corinth, which is nowhere close to the Mississippi Delta, by the way, when you go there for your first time at Dilworth and you order tamales, they give you your order free. Now, you're only getting tamales, but I could not believe when I got my money out to pay the lady. She said, oh, no, we don't charge on your first visit. Now, how many other places would do that? <laughs> and they were delicious. It made my day. What a, what a great thing. Again, Slug Burger Festival, Corinth this weekend. Slug burgers and tamales. Man, what a combination. Corinth, Mississippi. Well, we'll go to a break here on the Y'all Show. We're not done celebrating our festive south. When we come back, our Dixie destination is Lexington, Kentucky, and that's for next weekend's Keeneland Contours de Elegance taking place at Keeneland Racetrack. Bill Griffin will be on to tell us all about it on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to Y'all with John Rawl. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. What do you hear? Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2-liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the Brotherhood of Muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. I need to patent that. Use only as directed. And welcome back into the Y'all Show with John Rawl on a Thursday as we continue to talk about our festive South 
And if you have a recommendation of where we should go this time of year or any time of the year, please reach out to us here on Twitter at Y'all Show or call 803-816-1170. We love to feature all of the entire region, 16 southern states, and where we ought to go and some highlights, some festivals and such. We want to do that right here on the Y'all Show. Well, our Dixie destination this week takes us to the bluegrass of Kentucky. And I'm going to introduce a word that, frankly, I'd never never seen before until we got ready to do today's segment because I'm not very good at French, I guess. But the word is concours, and it's spelled C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S. And it means an exhibition or contest, especially a parade of vintage or classic motor vehicles in which prizes are awarded for those in the best original condition. And in the spirit of concours, coming next weekend at Keeneland Racetrack, truly one of the great racetracks in all of thoroughbred racing. In fact, not long ago it was ranked the number one racetrack for thoroughbred racing in America, in North America, actually. And it hosts the Keeneland Contours de Elegance the weekend of July 19th through 22nd, just outside of Lexington, Kentucky. And this, again, is more than your average classic car show. It's going to have all kinds of activities for people to come to. And it's tied into the PGA Tour stop that weekend in the Lexington area. So much going on at Keeneland. And that will be our Dixie destination this week. And from the Keeneland Contours de Elegance, we, we welcome into the Y'all Show Bill Griffin. Hello, Bill. Welcome to y'all. How'd it do, Jono? Hey. Thanks for calling. Well, thank you. Obviously, uh, we, we're going to be talking cars and racing, so a lot of horsepower on today's show. Horse racing, because we, that's what Keeneland's we, known for. Got that. We've, we've definitely got a whole bunch of that. race Thoroughbred racing year-round, and once a year with all this ungodly effort that we put into this car show we, <laughs> we, we we get about a three or four day weekend out of it it's uh i've been with them for about 10 years now and it's just a labor of love I, i'm really enjoying it yeah there's a north, another racetrack in the state of kentucky that probably gets a little bit more attention and that would be churchill downs but keeneland really is a gym and if you've never been there to a race we encourage you to go there it actually has races I think throughout the year, but at least next weekend, racing takes backstage to automobiles, and that's why you and the Concours show is such a big event. Well, you're you're exactly right. The the thing I'm not a native Kentuckian, but I've I've lived in the state since the mid '70s. Okay. When I came when I came here to go to college, and I've I've never left. And Keeneland is very special to me personally. Um, I've lived in Louisville, and now I've lived in the greater Lexington area, and I love thoroughbred racing and just the entire industry as a as a photographer. And uh, I, I like thorough. I, I like Keeneland the most because it's smaller, it's less institutional, it's intimate, it's uh, just got a ton of history behind it. All of the major thoroughbred producers. Um, for both uh, for both mares and for stallions, are centrally located right around the track, and it's just an awesome place. 
And and I have not laid eyes on Churchill Downs, but isn't it like right in the middle of the city of Louisville, where Keeneland's kind of on the outskirts of Lexington? Correct. Okay. Correct. We're Keeneland's out in the country in the pastoral region, in what we call the bluegrass, which is technically the the region where the horse farms predominantly exist, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you get more of a farm atmosphere uh, at, when you're on Keeneland's property, and with Churchill Downs, you're exactly right. It's be- I think it's between Second and Third Street, coming off of uh, south of, uh, of downtown. So it's, but don't get me wrong. I mean, I love the history of Churchill Downs too. I, I photographed that race for 26 straight years. Are you the guy in charge of the photo finish? No, I did. Um, I, I'm the person who started the portrait of the jockeys in 1984 ah. uh, for, for the run for the roses just before they come down to the paddock and meet the trainers, owners, and their horse. Um, uh, I got an assignment in 1984 to do that portrait, and I parlayed, um, I managed that for 26 straight years. And plus, plus I did work for um, various presidents of Churchill Downs on just, um, you know, event-style photography related to the day before or the day of, uh, of Derby. But, uh, you know, you're talking to a person that's, that's been in, thoroughly entrenched in thoroughbred racing for a long time from a, uh, from a, uh, um, contractor perspective and, and then now living closer to Lexington for the last uh, 20 years. I've gotten more involved with uh, Keeneland as a venue, but also uh, with the concourse when I joined Connie and and Tom Jones back um, 10 years ago. Well, the concourse started in 2004, and this has been ranked one of the STS, Southeast Tourism Society's top 20 events for a number of years, and again, attracts a lot of people from throughout the whole country to come to it, not only as exhibitors, but also as fans. You get to come out to this beautiful setting. Uh, uh, Bill, you'll like this very photographic setting there at Keeneland. I'm sure you uh, have found plenty of great spots there on the grounds to take photos. Well, at least next weekend, you can come take pictures of the grounds with some really cool cars. And let's get into the car part of this thing. In fact, you, you teased me before the start of the show today about your car. What are you currently driving, Bill? Well, my little boy toy is a Porsche 911. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a car that I've wanted since I was 16 years of age. And about three years ago, I bought one. So, okay. what, what, so year? Uh, what year? 2005. Okay. Um, 2005 Porsche 911. Um, and there, I'm a member of the, the Bluegrass Region Porsche Club. Uh, the nice thing about that is on on either alternate Saturdays or one Saturday a month, we have a little get together cars and coffee. And then once a month we go do a little driving tour. And that group has gotten up to about 250, 260 members now. I won't tell anybody, I won't tell anybody, Bill, but uh, how fast have you taken your Porsche? I just put some new wheels on it. So I have yet to test with the new wheels, the, the, the older wheels, um, I didn't feel all that safe with, and I'm not talking tires. I'm literally talking wheels. Okay. Um, my rear wheels 
from original manufacturer were slightly slightly bent which you would anticipate over 13 14 years of hitting potholes especially on a low profile tire and um and so I, on those wheels i had it 151 miles an hour <laughs> they're in kentucky somewhere uh between lexington and and uh <laughs> on a on a uh, on a divided uh uh, four lane okay. limited oh. access limited oh. access highway it was a very very safe road and at a very safe time in the day uh, you know we, there are stretches on this place where they're so remote that you can just kind of let her wind down ah, i've heard about that the bluegrass autobahn very cool <laughs> it it's 20 it's us 27 is what it is okay yeah. the bluegrass autobahn <laughs> that's what we call here on this show all right so let's talk some cars this 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 concours that you put on since 2004 it's not a typical car show that people come and and want to wheel and deal. It looks like it's more of a a very vintage car show, but not just old cars. You even have my, current cars, but y'all are that's very correct. selective in in the cars that you right. do choose. So maybe people don't right. buy and sell, but that's not the purpose of this show, right? Well, there literally is no solicitation uh, during our on the day of our show. Okay. There might be there might be private conversations among prospective buyers and sellers, but there are no for sale signs. That would have to be uh, any, any interest in, in exchange would have to come through, through a conversation. And most of the people that are showing these cars, John, are, I mean, they've been holding these cars for decades. So it's not likely that somebody, you know, for example, last year we had a, we had a, we had a one-off Ferrari, um, that was reportedly valued at somewhere between five and six million dollars so you're not going to have casual oh i'd like to buy your car conversations uh you know when the dollar signs are that big well i'd like to buy a six million dollar car but reality sets in and i i don't think i can afford it not yet well you know what they're investments they're, okay. i mean I've, I've grown to uh i've grown to appreciate the fact of uh you know for example the car that i drive it, it does no it no longer depreciates in value that's that's the first car I've ever owned where I could say that hmm. and um, and you know stocks and bonds and real estate and commodities and rare collectibles and then all of a sudden cars comes into the mix <laughs> and 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 some of these people have literally you know they they can call them investments yeah. The Keeneland Concours today, we're talking with that event's Bill Griffin as that will be held next weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend in Lexington, Kentucky, wherever you are in the South. If you like cars and you like beauty, go to Lexington, check out the Concours de Elegance where they have, I mean, can you give me a rough estimate on how many cars will be on display? Yeah, John, we, we've got a hundred, I think. There are some last-minute entries, but last count, there were 154 cars in eight, 18 unique classes. Oh. And the classes run everywhere from early, you know, early motoring, uh, antique, early 1900s, like, the, you know, the Fords. And, and then we get into some of the more collectibles like the Packards and the Duesenbergs and the Bugattis, and, and and then it runs all the way out to uh, a class that one of my good friends, 
uh, attorney Chris Chris Cashin, he 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 collects the uh, for the show. He collects what we call future classics, and a lot of times those have a tendency to be the supercars, huh. like like the La Ferrari Ferraris or the Porsche uh, GT3 RSs. That you know these are cars that are one or two years old, and they're half million to a million dollar cars just right out of the factory. Well, so it's a great show. And then we got bicycles and we got motorcycles. It's, I saw, it's a, it's, I, I saw it's a really mil- fun event. I saw some military vehicles out there, too. Yep. They, they're there every year. We have a really great, great following with that exhibit as well. And it's it is absolutely awesome. They they you know, they're original to how the the vehicles were produced for the military. So they'll have ammo and rations and tents and all of the stuff that, that would need to be on the vehicles for our troops. So it's a great exhibit by it's just by itself. And that's not one of our classes. That's just a special feature. Well, if we haven't convinced you to get to Keeneland next weekend, well, let me tell you what they're offering here that I've never seen offered at any event anywhere. Our Dixie destination, Keeneland Racetrack, Lexington, Kentucky, and it's the Keeneland Concours. Here's what they're offering if you go. A Porsche raffle. So I can, win, a, I can win your Porsche car? No, just for $100 a chance. Okay. <laughs> what, what Porsche are we raffling off? Uh, it is a... Uh, it's a Boxster S this year, oh. which is which is the the mid engine. I think the body style for a, a Boxster is called 718 instead of like my 911 as an example. And um, uh, and it's which and the Boxster is always a, a convertible. Okay. And I have an S package means um, they 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 beef up the brakes and the suspension and the horsepower on the engine so you get a little sportier uh version of of an entry line um porsche and they're they're lovely cars i have a good friend who owns one right at this very moment and and he raves about it so we fortunately uh, um i guess it's bluegrass porsche of the bluegrass or bluegrass porsche in um Oh, I'd be remiss to remember which dealership it is that's that is um, that that helps us with this sponsor. You know, we obviously we're we're on the hook for the the um, the dealer cost of the car, and if we don't sell enough tickets, you know, we're in trouble. And this so, is a brand new. Uh, this is a brand new Porsche you're raffling off. Ab- absolutely, absolutely brand new. And people can buy tickets in advance online, I guess. That is correct. All that right, is correct. It's Keeneland. K e e n e l a n d c o n c o u r s KeenelandContours.com's website, and they got a neat little ticket image right there for you to click on, and you can buy your raffle ticket. You said a hundred dollars. Yes, I may just have to do that. Well, if we're not well, there, <laughs> you can. Can you imagine um, putting down a hundred dollars and and winning a Fifty-five, sixty-five thousand dollar car. I can if you can promise me my ticket's going to be the one that wins. I can't promise any. Oh, of that. come on now. That's that's under lock and key. We're talking with Bill Griffin of Keeneland Concours, and if we haven't convinced you to go there to see the pretty cars already and the beautiful scenery that Keeneland Racetrack provides, and this awesome raffle, 
hey, you're mixing two other things that a lot of people love into the weekend. One is bourbon, which Kentucky's kind of known for as well, and PGA Golf as the Barbasol Championship makes a stop at nearby Nicholasville that particular weekend, and y'all have a package there. So tell me a little bit more about bourbon and golf. Well, first of all, I might incent the, uh, the, the radio uh, and and uh, internet audience that, uh, from what I understand as of a few days ago, the Barbasol tournament still has plenty of tickets for people to buy at a very low cost. I think it's $25 to, to meander through the gallery of that tournament. And there are going to be some, you know, I I played a little golf myself. I don't know a whole lot about the Barbasol tournament, but what I do know is, is that the FedEx points become critical at this uh, late, uh, aspect of the of the season and so you're going to see a lot of pga professionals that are on on tour show up for the fedex points element alone mm-hmm. uh, i've seen uh in in our local media retief Goosen's going to be back angel carrero will be there uh, davis love the third uh, I believe J.B. Holmes, a local University of Kentucky standout that now is in the PGA, will be there. Go Big Blue. Um, and then as far as bourbon is concerned, um, you know, who'd ever a thunk it? <laughs> uh, this, this blows me away. I've, I've, been, a, I've been a bourbon lover, uh, well, since college. And, uh, bourbon in and college? Was, Are you kidding me? That, that, that was a long time ago. And, um, and, you know, just in like in the last 10 to 15 years, I don't know what triggered global cultures change in, in their appetite for distilled spirits, but, but the momentum that we are experiencing in the state is, is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, And, and the numbers are there to back it. The consumption of bourbon worldwide has really, really catapulted. I looked into it a little bit as an investment a couple of years ago. And at the time that I had contacted the um, the Kentucky Alcohol Beverage Commission in Frankfort, Kentucky, they were telling me that they were getting a thousand applications for for development of a brand of bourbon every month. And that was four or five years ago. Hmm. So, so now what we see is the proliferation of distilleries and, and you know, kind of like uh, uh, visitation centers in downtown Louisville. They've got a whiskey row. Um, Lexington is building out uh, several uh, areas of, of, the, of the city where distilleries are cropping up. And it's, it's just become kind of part of our culture. And, and in addition to that, uh, there's that driving tour that you were talking about earlier. Um, you know, you can, you could spend three or four days of a weekend and see seven, eight, nine distilleries and see, you know, have a completely unique experience in each one. It, I've been to Napa and I've been to Sonoma several times. I've always loved, uh, the history the family history of the, of the, uh, wine industry and bourbon has the same story it's family by family discovery it's a wonderful experience i hear you and again and going, some, going back and some go and some product 
that quite frankly, I would just as soon have a glass of neat poor bourbon as I would a glass of wine. I mean, they're, they're getting so good with the softness of, of the product so that it's easy on the palate. Uh, huh. I knew there was some reason we had you on the show today <laughs> <laughs> to make us all feel good. And if, if you don't get, if you don't take his advice on what to drink, please take Bill's advice and go to Keeneland next weekend, which by the way, going back to the Barbasol championship, the PGA tour is going to give folks 20% off their ticket when they got buy a ticket to the Barbasol Championship, if you show that you have a Keeneland Concours ticket stub, they'll right. give you a great discount there. So bourbon, golf, pretty cars. I guess you got pretty women out there too. Probably some pretty We've guys got, if you're into that. We've got a lovely crop that we raise every year. <laughs> yes. So it sounds like a great time, and, and I just thank you for coming on. And thanks to Keeneland for doing something a little different. I'm sure it took a lot of persuasion for them to put this on in 2004, but it sounds like it's been a big hit. Well, we can, we have a lot of thanks to the original board members as well as, as our, our originating patrons, Tom and Connie Jones, who have just been just ultimately faithful to this project for the university of Kentucky children's hospital. Uh, I don't know. We haven't mentioned it in this broadcast, John, but but a hundred well, I'm not going to say a hundred percent of our proceeds go to the to the uh, charity, but we have to defer a, f a few dollars for working capital because of all the logistics of what we go through in organizing this event. But it's not much, and over the last uh, 14, 15 years, the last count I recall was that we've contributed more than two hundred thousand dollars to the University of Kentucky Children's Hospital and. We're very proud of that. All right. Way to go. That is absolutely awesome. And, yes, you, your proceeds do benefit Kentucky Children's Hospital. It's the Keeneland Concours Dale Against Classic Cars, Classic Hospitality, and Classic Memories. And, again, it's going on July 19th through the 22nd in Lexington, Kentucky at Keeneland Racecourse. Go to KeenelandConcours.com. K-E-E-N-E-L-A-N-D-C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S.com. Bill Griffin, thank you very much for taking some time out to tell us all about your big event next weekend. My, my pleasure, John, and thank you for giving, giving us an opportunity to talk about our, our program. Sounds like a lot of fun. I just wish I had a car out there in participation this year, but I guess I can always dream of next year of getting my 2004 Chevy Tahoe in the Concours. What do you think? <laughs> That would be that would have to be a new class for us. John. Okay, the, the redneck <laughs> class. I got you. All right, thank you, Bill. Well, that puts a wrap on hour one of today's y'all show. Hang tight, we've got a whole nother hour of the Thursday edition of y'all coming up after the break. We're going to talk some SEC football. Media days is next week in Atlanta. We'll give you a preview of that and much more as y'all rolls on. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. 
<sighs> Moving expenses? <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to choose the font for the tattoo of your girlfriend's name, Tara. Uh, the swirly one. Begin tattooing and get a breakup text from Tara as you finish the last day. Can you make it Terra-dactyl or something? To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 tattoo minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no. That's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison? Why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You're locked in to the Y'all Show with John Rawl, the show all about y'all. And we're glad you're joining us for another hour, hour two of the Thursday edition of Y'all. 803-816-1170 is how you can reach us any old time. On Twitter, we are at Y'all Show. And more social media options coming soon. In this hour, too, we're going to be joined in just a few minutes by best-selling author Kevin Powers. This Virginia native wrote the bestseller The Yellow Birds, and he's got a brand new release on hardback, A Shout in the Ruins, which is about the Civil War. His first book included his experience in the Iraq War. He served in the Army in 2004 in Iraq, and he turned that into a novel about some of his experiences and such. Kevin Powers coming up. You don't want to miss this very sharp Southerner, a young guy. He's in his 30s, and he's already written two novels and bestsellers, too. Awesome guy coming up in just a little bit here on our Buy the Book feature of the Y'all Show. Now on the Y'all Show, we're going to turn our attention to the Southeastern Conference. If you love SEC football, you love SEC sports, you've got a home right here on Y'all. With John Rawl, of course. SEC Media Day is coming up. We're going to tell you about that momentarily. But how about Tim Tebow? 
Tim Tebow, the great baseball star. <laughs> I know, Heisman Trophy winner. And speaking of Tim, hey, we gotta we gotta give the Gators some love here on the show. We gotta give the Florida band some love. Here, here's some of their music for you to get you fired up for Florida Gators sports talk. Orange and Blue, the official fight song of the Florida Gators. Good song, get you, get you in the mood in the swamp or wherever you might be if you love the Orange and Blue. Well, one of the greats in Florida fame, Tim Tebow, who I've got to start off with, the hottest news from him, and there was news that came out on Tim B. Tebow on Wednesday afternoon, but actually Wednesday night he made news. He had a double in the Eastern League. That's the double-A league that he's currently playing in for the New York Mets. He was in the All-Star game, and he hit a double. Tim Tebow, Heisman Trophy winner, which, by the way, is for football. Now he's giving baseball a shot. He made it to the All-Star team in double-A. He was with the Columbia Fireflies not long ago in single-A in Columbia, South Carolina. And now he's moving up the ranks of minor league baseball. He could make it. He could make it legitimately. If he keeps it up, I think the guy is determined to make it, and I don't see how he can't make it, but it doesn't matter. He's a winner no matter what. Guy, to my knowledge, is the only quarterback to ever throw a walk-off touchdown in an NFL playoff game when he was with the Denver Broncos. He won two national championships when he was with the Florida Gators. Didn't do a whole lot as a freshman, but still got a ring, and then he came back and won it in 2008 when the Gators lost to Ole Miss early in the season, they turned it around and they carried it all the way to a national championship with Urban Meyer there at the Swamp. Tebow is now going to be inducted into the Gators' ring of honor, and he'll be recognized during the LSU-Florida game on October 6th. His name will be unveiled on a wall inside Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Congratulations to Tim D. Tebow, a guy that does it the right way, and we're we're – I'm rooting for him. Hey, he is a he's a different animal, and I, I don't I don't want to be against Tim Tebow. So, way to go, and and good job by this Florida native for getting into the Ring of Honor in his home state. Okay, to the SEC media days we go. That starts Monday in Atlanta, part of the College Football Hall of Fame. It's where it will be happening this year for the first time, and it all gets going on Monday morning. I thought it would start a little earlier because if it if it had, we're going to do our best here on the Y'all Show throughout next week to give you audio from some of the morning speakers. And we can't do it on Monday because they don't really get going until lunchtime when Commissioner Greg Sankey comes to the podium and gives his opening address. Remember, this is a four-day event in Atlanta SEC Media Days. Sankey on Monday, he'll be joined by Texas A&M's Head coach after that, Kentucky and LSU are in the afternoon on Monday. So three SEC schools are going to the podium 
on Monday to be featured. Now, if you hang tight, I'll tell you the players that are going to be joining their head coaches, at least some of the players, after I rattle through the schools here first, then I'll get to specific some of the some of these specific players so you'll pay attention to that. Tuesday, the schools featured in the morning will be Georgia and Ole Miss in the afternoon, Arkansas and Team Tim Tebow's Florida Gators on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, Mississippi State and Tennessee in the morning, in the afternoon, Alabama and Missouri. And then finally, on the last day, Thursday, July 19th, in the SEC Media Days, the it's going to kind of be all together. It won't be just morning only or afternoon only. It kind of will go into lunchtime. Auburn, Vanderbilt, South Carolina will pull up the rear on the 2018 SEC Media Days. Those are your schools. Now, you want to know who the players are going to be down in Atlanta or over in Atlanta, wherever you might be, for SEC Media Days? Well, I'll tell you a few of the players now on the Y'all Show that just got announced Wednesday who who's going to Hotlanta for SEC Media Days. Linebacker Josh Allen will be amongst the trio of Kentucky players on Monday. LSU is going to have Rashard Lawrence, a defensive end, and running back or linebacker Devin White will be for the Bayou Bengals on Monday. Texas A&M is going to have defensive lineman Kinsley Keek and offensive lineman Eric McCoy present on Monday. Moving over to Tuesday, the Razorbacks will have linebacker Dre Greenlaw and defensive back Santos Ramirez amongst three players at Atlanta. The Gators will have linebacker David Reese, offensive lineman Martez Ivey, and defensive lineman C.C. Jefferson. Their three players represented Tuesday. Georgia will have defensive back J.R. Reed there along with two others. Ole Miss will have center Sean Rawlings and defensive tackle Josiah Coatney in Atlanta. One, two of the three players there for Matt Luke's team. Alabama on Wednesday, running back Damian Harris and offensive lineman Ross Pierschbacher. Also linebacker Anthony Jennings will be in Atlanta. Mississippi State, good to see this guy back in the spotlight. Nick Fitzgerald, he was injured in the Egg Bowl. And Mississippi State lost that game to their rival in Oxford in November. But Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, he's a Georgia native, so he'll be coming up from down on the coast of Georgia where he's from, I assume. And he'll be in Atlanta on Wednesday for the Bulldogs spot at the mic. And he'll be joined by defensive back Mark McLaurin for MSU and their new head coach, Moorhead. Missouri will have Drew Locke, one of the heralded quarterbacks of the SEC this year. He'll be one of three Tigers there in Atlanta on Wednesday. The Tennessee Vols will have tight end Eli Wolf and Kyle Phillips, who's a defensive lineman for UT. They'll be there Wednesday. Moving to Thursday, the final day, Auburn and quarterback Jarrett Stidham will be there. He had a wonderful 2017, and he'll be one of three Albies present on Thursday. South Carolina's junior quarterback Jake Bentley will head to Atlanta for SEC Media Days, and he'll be joined by a guy who had a big season until he got an injury last year for the Chickens, wide receiver Debo Samuel. He'll be in Atlanta for SEC Media Days. And finally, for the Commodores, they'll have quarterback Kyle Shermer, one of three players for Vanderbilt in Atlanta at SEC Media Days. Again, starting Monday, going through Thursday, and when we're able to, we'll give you audio 
from players really throughout the week and coaches. So I know we normally feature SEC talk in a big way on Thursday. Well, next week because how big of a deal SEC media days, it's the unofficial start to college football. We'll try to mix in some audio as we get it. I don't know why they don't put their schedule down there and make it the way we wanted here on the Y'all Show, but I guess they know what they're doing. They're the defending national champion conference, the SEC. Speaking of the defending national champion, Alabama had some bad news as outside linebacker Terrell Lewis is going to be out for an undetermined amount of time after he suffered a torn ACL in off-season workouts. He was training, and he's already undergone surgery. There's no time frame for his return at this time. Linebacker Terrell Lewis, who started one game as a sophomore last season and ended up missing 10 games in 2017 with an arm injury. He was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. This week in college football recruiting in the SEC, well, Tumpka, Alabama three-star defensive tackle Patrick Lucas has committed to Ole Miss. He's a six-foot three, two hundred ninety-pound player, and he committed this week to Matt Luke's team. He's rated the number nineteen overall player in the state of Alabama, according to the twenty-four-seven Sports composite rankings, number thirty-eight defensive tackle in the nation, according to that service. Ole Miss picking up a commitment from nearby Alabama. Well, that is the SEC glance here on the Thursday, y'all. When we come back on the show, we're going to turn our attention to something slightly more important, and that's books. We all need to read. We all need to kind of stay up on things, and we're going to be visiting in the next segment with best-selling author Kevin Powers. He's got a bevy of great books to check out, and when he comes on here in just a second, he'll tell you all about it. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl. We'll be right back. Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. (sighs) Moving expenses. There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. Back into the Y'all Show as we love to give you the latest, greatest of this region, the region we call the South, and we talk music, sports, politics, religion, culture, festivals. Oh, we we got it all. We even have books covered on this program, and we have our feature now called Buy the Book, where we look at great Southern authors, great Southern books, and we are thrilled to be joined by best-selling Southern author Kevin Powers. He wrote the book The Yellow Birds, which came out several years ago, a best-selling book 
about his experience serving in the war in Iraq and turned it into a novel. He also has had a book of poems out, and he's got a brand new book, A Shout in the Ruins, which is a Civil War-flavored book, a novel, out right now. And we're going to have a great conversation with this Virginian, Kevin Powers. Welcome in to the Y'all Show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, we're glad to have you. Congratulations on all your success. I appreciate that as well. Thanks Thanks very much. Now, you're a native Virginian. You were raised in the Richmond area. Are you from Richmond or someplace just outside of town? Uh, yeah, Chesterfield County, about uh, 20 minutes south of the river. So Richmond's the closest place place that uh people have ever heard of so i usually just say i'm from richmond but you're talking uh, about the james river yeah that's right okay yep. now how far are you from petersburg uh petersburg's you know 30 minutes south of where i grew up so okay. yeah it's, it's all in the kind of general general ah, area all right well uh, a pretty part of the world that james river i tell you what if you get a chance to see how that thing flows and right there on the on the banks at richmond it's just a lovely sight big wide river too there yeah, it's 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 beautiful. No, and I mean, I just spent a ton of time on the river when I was a kid. It's a yeah, I'd highly recommend it. Yep. All right. Well, we're glad that you could join us. As uh, you're a you're a very sharp Southerner, having been born and raised in the Old Dominion state, and of course, uh, you served our country in the U.S. Army. Thank you for your service. I appreciate that. And we're going to talk about that was a major part of your book, The Yellow Birds, and uh, we'll discuss that. But Tell us, you grew up in, uh, a, you said a small town. What was it called again? Well, Chesterfield County. Okay. Um, well, yeah. What's the town? Well, it's not really a town. Oh, really? Just okay. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess Midlothian would be the closest. Uh, I've heard of Midlothian. That's a that's yeah. a, a trendy little place to live, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's funny how much things change. You know, when I was a kid, it was pretty much nothing but uh richmond's grown so much that uh you know it's kind of the suburbs have started to reach that area and yeah it's a different place um from when i was young right. and and in a, in a funny way that kind of led into a little bit of you know my curiosity about the place and writing the writing the novel right well you started out not as a novelist but you actually started writing poems how did that get going uh, I, I guess by accident. Uh, it's funny, you know, mentioning Midlothian. My mom and I had a kind of a regular date at this uh, used bookstore in Midlothian, and she'd bring in her, you know, she reads mysteries and that sort of thing, and she'd bring them in and get credit, and I'd I'd be allowed to pick up pick out one book a week, and you know, by accident one week I sort of stumbled into the poetry section. I was maybe twelve or thirteen, something like that, and uh, picked up a book by dylan thomas just by accident and just took it home and i have to confess i didn't really know what was going on but uh i just thought it was so interesting and it was unlike anything i'd ever read before and i just started trying my own my own stuff right away <laughs> well i guess i'm not smart enough i am challenged when it comes to reading poetry i'm also challenged when it comes to reading william faulkner so hopefully your style of writing is not quite exactly the same as those options no i mean i i i try to i'm a great admirer of william faulkner but but i try to keep things pretty pretty straightforward okay you know i mean you know so uh you shouldn't need a decoder ring to, to figure <laughs> out what's going on in my books all right um 
Well, you uh, well, you did a little bit of something different. You got out of high school, and you didn't go to college at least right away. You joined the U.S. Army, and we're talking, what, roughly 1998, 1999, somewhere in that time period? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. Yeah. So before 9-11, how long had you been thinking about joining the Army? Uh, it wasn't really something that I was it, – it, you know, it wasn't a goal that I had really, um, you know, but just to kind of um, – circumstances that that i grew up in and uh you know my father had served in the army my uncle was a marine and both my grandfathers had served in the second world war and so there was a kind of um, tradition of service in my family and uh when it got time to sort of make a decision about what i was going to do after high school the you know the assistance in terms of college money was a a really attractive part of the deal and uh, also having this kind of tradition of service I felt like well you know this will this will help get me some money to go to college and I can uh, serve my country and kind of keep this tradition going so yeah when I was but you know when I was 17 I actually signed the paperwork and uh, <laughs> that was before my senior high school and you know, I had my 18th birthday in basic training so would that have been in uh, Fort Jackson Columbia South Carolina no, no, this was Leonardwood, Missouri. Ah, you went yeah. to Missouri, okay. Yep, yep. So you're serving Uncle Sam for a few years, and then 9-11 comes, September 11th, 2001. <coughs> Where were you when that happened? Uh, I was actually in Richmond, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, I knew right then that, um, you know, was gonna something was going to happen, and more, more, more than likely I was going to be sent overseas. I, I didn't know where or when, and... Um, and it wasn't actually until a couple of years later, and I was um, at that point in the in the guard, National Guard, and uh, I had actually started a couple of college classes at VCU where I ended up graduating from, and um, my unit got our orders to to head over to Iraq. So that was uh, 2003 when we got the orders, and I ended up um, in Mosul, Iraq, in early 2004. And that was a rough go of it there in Mosul, if you remember following the news and all that back in that time period so you're in iraq serving i know your book that you wrote the yellow birds is of course inspired by your your experience there it's not exactly your story but influenced by your story there in iraq you also had a chance to do a little writing while in service to your country tell us how you mixed in poetry with being a combat soldier well, I didn't. I didn't have a, a ton of time to do it, as you can <laughs> probably imagine. Um, but you know, when I got a chance, um, you know, it's it's funny. It's sort of one of those things where any connection you have to, you know, the life you sort of had to press pause on back home was really meaningful. And you know, that takes a lot of different forms for a lot of different people. But for me, it was uh, you know, getting a care package with a book in it, or uh, you know, taking a little time uh, when you, you know, you've got uh, 10 minutes here or there and just sort of, you know, not pretend like you're not there, but just sort of be the person, uh, be the person you were before you got sent over there. And, you know, sometimes for me, that was um, scratching out a few lines of poetry or writing a few notes down about what, uh, you know, what I was thinking about the experience and that whole thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that connection was really important to me that, uh tether back to the states and back to back to my life back there well the yellow birds was your first novel came out roughly five years ago and it was a 
a bestseller, been turned into a movie that we'll talk about, and and just a phenomenal success with your debut novel. In that book, one of the key characters early on dies in the war in Iraq. Did you have a buddy or two pass away, and you you were part of that? Not not anybody that was as close to me as Murph is to Bartle, okay. but um, but yeah, no, I mean we lost. Uh, we lost a couple guys in my unit and, um, you know, you think for a lot of people that, um, it's just part of the experience of serving in war. And I just, you know, I really felt like it was important to, to really depict what that's like to feel that sense of responsibility and that sense of loss that, um, and even for a character in the book, uh, who's 20 years old or, you know, for me or, for all the young people that are serving who have to deal with something like that, you, you, you know it's going to be something that they carry with them for the rest of their lives. And, um, and of course, the families as well. I mean, don't want to forget about the sacrifices that the families make. So I really wanted to make sure that I kind of focused on that, these relationships and um, the impact that these relationships have on, on people's lives. We're visiting with best-selling novelist Kevin Powers. His book, The Yellow Birds, out a few years ago. He's got a new book that we'll tell you more about momentarily. And this is a buy-the-book feature on the Y'all Show. And, Kevin, this book, The Yellow Birds, great success. Did did it surprise you how this book caught on so early? Uh, oh, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, when you're writing a book, especially, you know, for me, it was my first novel, um, I, I I didn't have the, I mean, I thought it was pretty decent. <laughs> Otherwise I wouldn't have tried to get it published, but um, you know, there's just no way you can um, have those kinds of expectations. And mm-hmm. um, when it did catch on and get a lot of attention, uh, I was really pleased, you know, and I guess in a lot of ways, maybe the timing was right too, because um, it was one of the, it was one of the first uh, novels anyway, to, to come out about the war and, um, you know, I think maybe I was lucky that that the general public was was ready at that point to to start to start thinking about it and and you know start reading books and watching movies and that sort of thing. So, you know, uh, you know, for a book to to have success, there's always a little luck involved, and you always got to have a little word of mouth and and that sort of thing. So, you know, I I just tried to write the best book that I could. And I was, I was uh, just so gratified that people seemed to respond to it in the way that I, they did, but yeah. I wasn't expecting that at all. Yeah. And as we said, we've already bragged on you once. We'll brag on you again. You're one sharp Southerner because you started writing this book when you were late twenties, early thirties. And so you don't often have writers in their debut novel, uh, especially with a war experience, do it right after they've come back from serving. They usually have to go through a couple of decades before they put the story down on paper. So congratulations for the fortitude and, and the perseverance to get that thing done. Now, this book, of course, being a success on the book's shelves is one thing and, and stores across the country, but it also was turned into a movie. Let's discuss the Yellow Birds movie that was a success, I think, in some film festivals around the world. Sure. And yep. and, and what, what that whole thing was like. Well, yeah, I mean, I got a, a approached by a, a producer to buy buy the rights to the film, and you know, he talked to me about um, his experience with the book, and um, I, you know, I just felt like he really 
understood what what I was trying to say in the book, and he seemed to have a vision for turning it into something. And and again, you know, this is something you you really can't have any expectations because it's just such a long shot that a thing will ever get made. Even even when really talented people have the best intentions, there are so many moving parts and so many things have to go your way. Um, but but you know, they found a, a really talented director and fantastic actors who have really gone on to, uh, you know, uh, when they started filming the movie a couple of years ago, they were early in their careers and, and now they're doing really great things. And uh, yeah, I was just really pleased. Um, you know, you kind of have to let go of it. I, I, I didn't write the script or anything, but, um, but I really felt like I was turning it over to, to good hands. So yeah, it was really rewarding experience. And I believe uh, people can, watch it on demand now if they're so inclined and uh uh yeah so it was a it was a really interesting and and rewarding experience to to kind of watch that process happen distributed by direct tv cinema and saving films the yellow birds movie was released domestically june 15th of this year so just a few weeks ago and you mentioned some of the newcomers that were actors that starred in this film but there's one veteran actress in this film, Jennifer Aniston, plays the role of a mother in the Yellow Birds movie. I'll tell you what, as, as someone who's grown up a fan of hers, very cool, but also a little creepy that Jennifer Aniston's now playing the role of a mom. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Um, and, and, and you know, she's just extraordinary. She's fantastic in the movie. And she played a big part in, um, you know, in the... the like I said, you got to have a lot of things go your way for a movie to get made and, and having her, um, you know, having her want to participate in the project is she really kind of, um, you know, I think when you have somebody of her caliber as an actor, um, interested in a project that it, it really just kind of pushes the ball forward. So, um, she's in a lot of ways responsible for the thing yeah. even existing, you know, I doubt very much without, her coming on board that uh, that it would have would have seen the light of day. So I'm uh, grateful for her and her performance is really really moving and um, uh, yeah. So so yeah, she's uh, she's someone I was really happy uh, wanted to be a part of it. Well, it won at the 2017 Sundance Film Festival in a category that was nominated in. So a, a great thing for you to check out and, of course, get the book as well. We're visiting today with Kevin Powers, novelist, poet, and a great Southerner from the Commonwealth of Virginia. We'll go to a quick break on the Y'all Show. When we come back, our Buy the Book feature continues with Powers as we discuss his latest book. And it's something, if you like the Civil War, we'll be all over this one. We'll be right back with more of Y'all. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1919 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1919. What do you hear? 
Most people just hear an engine. We hear a 6.2 liter Hemi V8 with a supercharger that accelerates so fast, it'll suck the air out of your lungs and knock you back in your seat like you're an astronaut in a rocket ship hurtling through the stratosphere. But then again, we're not most people. We're the brotherhood of muscle. Dodge. Domestic. Not domesticated. Dodge is a registered trademark of FCA US LLC. Hi, Tom Bodette, coming to you from one of those open offices. They're designed to make it easier to share ideas and, apparently, the details of Cody the intern's love life. So if you're looking for some space to call your own, try Motel 6. They have the low prices you've come to expect, plus the peace and quiet you so desperately crave. I'm Tom Bodette for Motel 6, and we'll leave the light on for you. And Cody, you can do better. Book online at motel6.com. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. Allison is perfect. I mean, she'd never tell you that. She's humble and perfect. She likes everyone. She even likes her untidy roommate's weird guinea pig. Allison, wait, are you texting and driving? Allison, no, that's the exact opposite of what I was just saying about you. Why, Allison, why? Texting and driving makes good people look bad. Visit StopTechStopRex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. And we are back with the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. And we are happy you've tuned us in here on a Thursday in the PM. We have our feature by the book right now where we talk about Southern books and Southern writers. And we've got a good one. Right now we have joining us Kevin Powers, the author of a couple of works that you should check out. His first novel, The Yellow Birds, a bestseller turned into a movie. And he had a book of poems that came out called Letter Composed During a Lull in the Fighting. And that was released a few years ago. And he's got a brand new book, A Shout in the Ruins, now available on hardback that we'll get to that is sort of uh, kind of colored by the Civil War. And it's a novel that you will be able to check out. But Kevin is a native of the Richmond, Virginia area, which if you know anything about history, Virginia, the capital, Richmond, the capital of the Confederacy during the Civil War. And I guess as a youngster, if you like me, you, you appreciated history growing up. You, I assume, were somewhat aware of Richmond and Virginia's Civil War history? Oh, I, I mean, it's unavoidable, yeah. <laughs> when you grow up there, it's just kind of, it's in the fabric of uh, of everything. And, um, you know, about uh, stone's throw away from, from my house was this kind of, this old crumbling wreck of an old uh, plantation house. And that was sort of where as a kid, you know, we'd play in the field around this house. And um, yeah, so it just sort of the history felt uh, present, I imagine in a way that it might not in other parts of the country. And I'm sure that's the same 
where you are, you kind of feel these, uh, you know, not ghosts exactly, but you sort of feel the presence of the past in, in a really tangible way. And that was certainly true while I was growing up and learning about uh, history in school and so forth. Well, I liked, I liked history anyway, but as probably a five-year-old, my grandparents took me on a tour of Fort Sumter in Charleston Harbor, and that's all it took for me to become a lifetime Civil War fan. And, and I had a chance to go to Petersburg last year and visit it with my own son, which was really neat. My ancestor fought in the trenches there at Petersburg for a while and survived the war, thankfully, and came back to South Carolina. But what what are some of the battles that happened in your part of uh, Virginia there at Midlothian? I'm sure these are names that may not mean as much to people who aren't into Civil War history, but what, what are some of the skirmishes that happened? Oh, well, I mean, well, most of them took place uh, just north of Richmond, but you've got, you know, uh, the Wilderness, okay. uh, Cold was... Harbor. Okay, I uh, knew they were. They had these names, but I don't know where they are on a map, but I know where Midlothian is, where you grew up. So, Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a half hour. You go a half hour drive in any direction from Richmond, and it's, it's just kind of lousy with uh, battlefields. So much of the war, of course, was fought. Um, on the outskirts of Richmond, because um, as I'm sure a lot of a lot of you listeners will know, I mean Richmond was the capital, and that was sort of the uh, the target for so many years of the war. So you have all these these battles, Mechanicsville, and um, yeah, so you you kind of you're surrounded by it um, growing up. And uh, uh, there's a Civil War hospital that uh, that features in the book called uh, Chimborazo, which is right on uh, a hill in Richmond, Chimborazo Hill. And yeah, so the presence of it is, is, is just everywhere. You know, if you go to a place like Cold Harbor uh, or Petersburg, as you say, I mean, you really, you really get a sense of what that experience must've been like. And uh, you know, when you're walking around you know, as a kid for me in the eighties and nineties, and even as an adult, you just sort of, you kind of marvel at, in a way, how recent it was. Uh, of course, it was a long time ago, it's true, but, you know, you also kind of think, well, as you say, you know, with your ancestor, it, it was only a few generations ago where um, these people's uh, grandchildren were alive, and that right. connection to the past is, uh, is, is, is not so distant as we sometimes think. Sure, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to get into this stuff as a youngster probably like you at least appreciate history and mm -hmm. and that there was a, a a grandchild of my confederate ancestor who was still alive and i went and interviewed her and i have that on tape and she actually gave me his new testament bible that was given to him while he was in prison at camp at point lookout maryland in, in maryland oh wow and yeah. so she gave it to me so i have actually a relic from the war that belonged to my ancestor while he was a prisoner they only gave confederate prisoners bibles they didn't give them food they didn't give them medicine they just gave them gave them these little new testament bibles at least according to my confederate grandfather P.I. Right, right. Raw, 20th south carolina csa you got to throw that in there but i wanted to ask of course growing up in in virginia you knew about the war and and you fought your own war in Iraq with the you know United States Army just a you know, decade ago. What is the connection between the two wars from a from a writing standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I think when I when I came home, you know, when I, I got out of the army just a few months after I got back from Iraq, and I was back home in Richmond, and 
you know, as we've talked about, just surrounded by all this history, all these battlefields. And um, I really had a different perspective about the way that it affected um, not just the soldiers who were fighting, but um, but the people who, you know, had sent their sons off to war and the people who were living, you know, I mean, we have to remember that the Civil War was basically the last time we fought a war on our own soil. So, you know, it was fought in the midst of civilians and, and farmers could have a battle going on in their field. And just the the way that it affected just about every aspect of life um, it just felt really, really present to me. And I wanted to explore explore that with the the context of my own experience of seeing war and seeing how it affects um, just about everybody who's involved in it. Well, in this book, you mix in some characters that aren't necessarily soldiers, slaves, for example, are a part of this book. But you also have a little bit of a twist where you have a 20th century spin by having a character live into the 20th century. So explain how all that got worked into it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, as we've talked about it, I'm looking, I was looking for ways to, to make that connection between the past and the present. And um, so we could really think about how, how, you know, the South and the country in general has been influenced by not just the Civil War, but uh, that period of the past and everything that's happened in between. So I thought one way to do that would be to create this character who was, who was born um, in the war and who would live to see a lot of the changes that would take place over the next 90 years. So, um, you know, a lot of the book takes place in the 1860s, but there's a section, you know, there are sections that um, take place in the 1950s as uh, this character, George Seldom is reflecting on, um, you know, he's in his old age and he's reflecting on the life that he's lived and the changes that he's seen. And yeah, I felt like that would be a, hopefully an interesting way for the reader to kind of, connect the present to the past through this character. Do you have to be all that up on your Civil War or American history to be able to read this novel, A Shout in the Ruins? <sighs> to read it, I don't think so. I mean, I think there will be enough uh, markers and kind of guideposts where um, where you'll understand what's going on and okay. you'll understand the, the context. Um you know, and and if it leads people to be more curious and to want to take a look into the history of that time or Virginia or uh, whatever it may be, I, that would be great. But I, I, I mean, I try to write it so that I would have to know enough to put, put it down on the page, but that the reader could go into it and just follow the story, um, you know, as told. So, so I don't think any special knowledge is necessary to to read the book. And I uh, probably would. Probably wouldn't hurt, but you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's one thing. If you if you have any Civil War books, I even as big of a fan of the war as I am and learning about it, I kind of get lost when they start talking tactics and have battlefield maps and all that. I just kind of get lost. Sure, and and you know, as a writer, I'm 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 more interested in the people than yeah. I am in in that sort of thing, and so so I try to focus on what the people are doing, what they're feeling, um, you know. So the situation that they're in is really something that allows me to explore how they feel about what's happening. And I try not to get too bogged down in, um, in you know, the uh, particulars of that sort of thing, strategy and which army is moving where, <laughs> that kind of thing. So so really reading the book, you're going to follow characters. And they, they may be in a battle, but um, but the important thing is kind of what's happening to them rather than 
the the big picture uh, strategic or political or whatever um I'm, I'm more interested in people than i am in anything else and i got to give a shout out to one of your characters in the book a shout in the ruins you've got a, a slave at beauvais plantation named rawls i like that <laughs> that's right yeah yeah character names are tricky and i when i stumbled on that one i thought uh i thought it it suited him and uh, sounded pretty good so yeah that you know and he's a really important character in the book too yeah Visiting with Kevin Powers, whose sequel to his bestseller, The Yellow Birds, is out. It's called A Shout in the Ruins. Set in Virginia during the Civil War and a century beyond, this novel by Powers explores the brutal legacy of violence and exploitation in American society. Wow. And if you know anything about the Civil War, you know how important it was. In fact, I did a documentary on General Nathan Bedford Forrest years ago that was in a couple of film festivals. And I had a chance to talk to Shelby Foote before he passed away. He appears in my documentary. And oh, course, wow. And he was in the Ken Burns series. Sure. He hated to be tracked down for interviews, but I was pretty relentless, and I got him. And I love to tell this, this, this phrase that he liked to say because it's absolutely true. He said, and I'll try to say it in my best Shelby Foote accent, the Civil War determined what kind of country we would be. And I think he's right on that. The Civil War, very important part of our nation's history. And frankly, it, it, it did and still affects us in so many ways. And it's wonderful to see a novel here in 2018 coming out that still has Civil War-related stuff going on in it. And Kevin Powers, a big part in that. Okay, when you're not writing, what, what, what can we find you doing? I hear a canine American in the background. You must, <laughs> you, you must be the proud owner of a poodle or something like that. Uh, I got a little uh, German short hair pointer. Okay. keeps keeps me busy, and uh, yeah, no, I like to spend a lot of time outdoors. Um, I'm in Texas now, and uh, I go up to uh, Colorado when I can, and uh, got a good hunting buddy that uh, keeps me busy. So, uh, you know, when I'm not spending time with my my wife, got uh, two little girls. So, when I'm not with my wife and girls, uh, you can find me outside during hunting season or just sort of trying to enjoy the outdoors as much as I can. And, uh, of course I read too. So mm -hmm. if I'm inside, I'm likely to be with my family or reading. And if I'm outside, I'm, you know, trying to be outdoors and hiking and exploring the, exploring our beautiful country as much as I can. Well, we, we should mention that when you did come back from Iraq, you were able to get your undergrad degree at old dominion university in downtown Richmond. So congratulations on that. And then you ended up going to Austin where you went to the University of Texas. And were you in some kind of writing program there or something? Yeah, I was. It's uh, called the Missioner Center for Writers. It's an amazing uh, program. It was funded and kind of set up by James Missioner, you know, the really fantastic American writer who wanted to set up a program for young writers to have three years where they didn't have to worry about expenses. And so you get a little kind of paycheck every now and you know, you get a paycheck so you can pay your bills and yeah. um it was amazing it's uh just basically three years guaranteed time to write and uh, i try to take as much advantage of that as i could because you never know when you're going to get a chance like that again so um yeah and i came out here i'd never spent much time in texas before and uh we just kind of fell in love with austin and um well we bounced around a bit after I graduated and ended up back here. So, um, yeah, it was a really, really important experience in my 
development as a writer and uh, I was very very fortunate to to be able to attend the University of Texas and to be a part of that program there and you're doing your part to keep Austin weird huh I guess I am yeah <laughs> I guess I am all right well everybody check out the website kevincpowers.com you can learn a lot more about this burgeoning southern writer and a great virginian slash texan now and just so much you can learn about him appearances you can Look at all his works, including his, his book of poems. So much to offer from Kevin Powers, best-selling author. Got a book, The Yellow Birds Turn Into a Movie, you can download and rent. So check that out. We can't thank you enough for being our Buy the Book feature this week. And actually, you were the first author to be on the show with us in our Buy the Book feature. So congratulations. We've got a check in the mail coming to Austin. All right. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. All right. Take care of that uh, German short-haired pointer dog while you're at it. I will. All right. Well, that wraps up today's Y'all Show. We want to, th again, thank Kevin for being our special guest. And we also want to thank our Dixie Destination feature of this week, the Kingland Contours, going on next weekend in Lexington, Kentucky. If you love classic cars, you need to go to the Commonwealth of Kentucky and exhibit the uh, car if you have it or if you want to look at pretty cars that's where you need to be on y'all tomorrow friday we'll have a good time looking back at the week and we'll have our friday free for y'all where we send you out for saturday and sunday on a high note all that on the friday edition of y'all until that time have a great rest of your day i'm john raw and you've been listening to y'all Credit products are made by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How did I get into credit card debt? A trip to the emergency room. Car repairs. <sighs> Moving expenses. <sighs> There's a million ways to get into credit card debt, but one sure way to start getting out. Avant. Avant offers access to online unsecured loans from $2,000 to $35,000 at competitive rates and no extra charges for paying back early. Over 500,000 customers have experienced the convenience of a loan through Avant. No wonder Avant has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. The application takes minutes, and if approved by 4.30 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday, funds are deposited as soon as the next business day. And now Avant will also give you a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 4646 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 4646. Avant.com, code 4646. And now, a thought from Geico Motorcycle. It took 15 minutes for you to choose the font for the tattoo of your girlfriend's name, Tara. Uh, the swirly one. Begin tattooing and get a breakup text from Tara as you finish the last day. Can you make it Terradactyl or something? To add insult to injury, you could have used those 15 tattoo minutes to switch your motorcycle insurance to Geico. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on motorcycle insurance. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, 
I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I, I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.